This is Melissa Milner. Welcome to the Teacher Eyes Podcast. The goal of this weekly podcast is to help you explore your passions and learn from others in education and beyond to better your teaching. The Teacher Eyes will highlight uncommon parallels to teaching as well as share practical ideas for the classroom. In this episode, I talked to Donna Kim. Donna is so multi-talented and I just, I had no idea where to even start with this intro because she's done so many different things. So I went to her beautiful website, The Perfect Details, and I read her bio, and I'm going to read a little bit of it to you right now. So you see that I'm not exaggerating about how talented and creative Donna is. Donna Kim, owner of The Perfect Details, has made a career of bringing her creative and artistic influences to bear across pursuits as varied as musical performance and education, wedding and event planning, graphic design, and bespoke food and drink offerings. A double major in business and music at Hofstra University, she began her career in orchestral management and private piano instruction, and has been a member of the Boston Symphony Orchestra's Tanglewood Festival Chorus for over 25 years. So that's just the beginning. It talks about her wedding planning and her business achievements. And at the end, it says... Donna balances her many talents with a keen sense of organization. She prides herself on her intuition, her honesty, and on listening to what is not being said. Love it. I know Donna because I went to high school with her. And she was, I would say, daily in my life. I was in the course and Donna accompanied, I would say, every single rehearsal we ever had. It felt that way, at least. She was always there. She always did an amazing job. She took direction well from our choral teacher, and she just was a good friend and just amazing. We lost touch, but a few years ago, we got onto Facebook and we friended each other. I contacted her originally to be part of my episodes about musicians, but as you will soon hear, her latest interests and studies sent us in a very different direction. Donna talks about being trained as a grief recovery specialist. It is fascinating. I hope you enjoy my interview with Donna Kim. Welcome to the Teacher As, Donna Kim. Thanks, Melissa. Thanks for having me. What do you want the Teacher As listeners to know about you? Um, I think what would be great is that I have a very varied background, and I've done a lot of different things in my life and still hope to do more, but I think the core of what I do is to help people. I used to be a piano teacher and a vocal teacher. I did it privately. I've been an orchestra manager before that. And then I've recently been a wedding planner and am now shifting over into the world of grief counseling or a grief recovery method and Reiki. Wow, that's a lot of things. And you bake. I bake. I bake for fun and I love to do it. I think it's my stress reliever. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it helps people when they eat it. <laughs> I, I'm sure it helps on some level. <laughs> the, sh- the sugar <laughs> and the butter always help, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So why did you choose to get trained in the grief recovery method? So originally I started working with Reiki. And for people who don't know what Reiki is, Reiki is like a healing energy. And it's not a religion. It's not something you have to believe in to have it work for you. It's got great properties of knowing what you need and 
I think one of the greatest things that we're discovering that a lot of people are discovering is that Reiki can be done distantly. So it used to be very hands on and you used to want to be with the person and touch them. And now we're understanding that the way energy works, you don't have to be in the same room with the person and the energy is still flowing and we're still able to really connect with people online right now, which is really important as we're in this kind of period of isolation. And through the Reiki, I discovered the grief recovery method. And I actually discovered this back before Christmas time and signed up in January, not realizing where we would be in the world currently and how many people would be grieving. And I don't even know if people understand how many different kinds of grief there are. I mean, do you have a guess, Melissa, as to how many different kinds of grief there are? Uh, ten. <laughs> go go higher times uh, four plus two. So 42. Oh. You mean, grief is any kind of change, right? So that is the loss of a parent, a sibling, a child, divorce. We are living in grief right now because we're grieving the world that we had before, right? So everybody is grieving on some level. And how that grief affects people, I mean, we know people that are grieving and that can't get out of it. And this grief recovery method is so great because it's not a therapy per se. It's an educational program that helps you really unpack and let go of things that are holding you back to live your best life. I know they're using the word grief, but it's dealing with the trauma that comes with that grief and change, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about grief is that grief doesn't have a timeline, right? Because we all know people and we've seen people even on movies and on TV that have been grieving and can't get out of this grief. And there are, you always hear people saying things like, I can't believe they're still grieving or you should be over this or why are you still feeling like this? And that's the funny thing about grief is that nobody knows how long it's going to affect a person. And to put a timeline on that is really hard. And I think that's part of what is important about the grief recovery method is that we're not looking to tell you it's time. We are waiting for you to tell us it's time to work and time to work through what you're feeling. Huh, sounds, sounds fascinating. It really does. It really, it's a, it's a interesting method. It's fascinating. It's, um, I'm surprised how many people don't know about it and how many people that do, you know, the more that I've been learning about it. I mean, I'm only recently been trained as a specialist and I just recently, literally last week finished my training for online working one-on-one with people. So, uh, this is all still really new to me, but I'm really excited to be able to help people, especially in this time. Right. And then it can be done online that it's just as powerful is fascinating as well. Right. It's um, typically if you're working one-on-one with somebody in person, it's about an eight-week class or course. And working online, you can do it in seven weeks and you can even do it twice a week. So it's really great. You don't have to drive anywhere. You know, for me, it's like you're going to be really emotional at certain points of this and you don't have to like leave your house. You can just have your moments in your house and kind of cry and have your box of tissues next to you. You don't have to worry about driving home. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of benefits. I can already hear some of them, but what are some of the parallels that you see between the grief recovery method and education? The grief recovery method is actually an educational program and The most exciting component of it it right now is that they're about to launch an online 
teaching uh, people to deal with children that are dealing with loss. We're not dealing with the children directly. We're dealing with the parents and the teachers to help them deal with grief. And look at all these kids right now. They're all dealing with grief. They haven't had normal classroom, normal summer. They haven't gone to camp and they're grieving and they don't know to call it grief. But we as adults know what it is and can be guided to help them work through their grief and to be productive and to not be so traumatized by it. Yeah. Can you share some of the steps of this method? The method is um, talks about different pieces of like what we do to like distract ourselves so that like, let's say we're in grief and we don't want to deal with the grief and we don't want to feel those feelings. So there's a term that they have and it's called STERB, S-T-E-R-B. And STERBs are different kinds of habits that you have to avoid feeling what you feel. So a STERB could be cleaning a room, right? Because you don't want to do, let's say, homework or you don't want to do a project. So then you just clean your room. I think, you know, for me, baking definitely was a STERB for a while too, because I would just bake for somebody instead of having to deal with a feeling or dealing with an emotion or something, right? So um, some people watch movies, some people binge watch. That's a STERB for sure, you know, if it's used to distract you from something else. So um, then it gets much deeper. So it's not an, I'm not going to say it's an easy method and it's not for everybody because you have to be willing to go deep. And part of what the specialist does before you sign up for the program is to help you understand that it's not all roses, you know, just like life. I mean, there are some ups and downs. So you're really going to have to take some time to really go within. There's homework every week that you have to do that you share with your specialist, but it's a very if it's done right, it's a very private and it's a very um, protective environment to work in. And and that's where people come out on the other side and feel like, okay, I know how to deal with this grief now within within me. So everybody's different. Right. You know, as I'm listening to you, I just wonder about the success rate. I don't know if, you know, there's information about that with parents that they get the information from you and they're working through it and then they try to help their children? So there is a program that's available one-on-one of helping parents and teachers with children with loss, but um, to do it online is something, it's a different little nuance that they're working on right now. So that program for us as specialists to take to help people online is launching this month. But I think that's the challenge right now is that the grief recovery method has been done in person and the online part is still relatively new. So there are a lot of specialists that are coming on board that are getting trained for the online part so that we can help people because we don't know how long it's going to be before we can be with people, right? And working with them one-on-one. So they're working on that component. Um, For me, the working with children with loss works with groups. So I could see that for me, I would want to help people that are teachers and have some kind of Zoom group so that we could work together and educate them on how to deal with children because these children are going to be in different situations, coming back to school, maybe coming back to school, not coming back to school at all. And then when things are finally in our new normal where everybody is hopefully back in school, We don't know how long that's going to be, and we don't know the effects of how being isolated is going to affect them. I know, you know, for me, as a child, 
not having that socialization, I mean, I feel like that's going to be one of the most challenging things for you as a teacher, right? Is that socialization. Yes. Yeah. More than education, right? It's tough because there's all the grief that you're talking about related to the pandemic. And then obviously we've had kids that had a lot of trauma before this even happened. What if you have like layers of trauma? Is Does this grief recovery method help for that? I would say so because it helps you address like what's the most visible trauma or the trauma that's kind of the most forward. And then from there, you can kind of unwind and do other pieces of the trauma. So, you know, it's, it's like a piece of rope that's all twisted. So once you untwist one part, then the other parts will unravel a little bit easier. So you're basing it on behaviors. If a kid says, I'm always playing video games, like then you can think that's one of their stirb things. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You're great. You're already <laughs> learning. So that makes me feel so proud for you. So yeah, that's definitely a stir. Like that's, you know, definitely not dealing with reality and dealing with like the present moment, right? I mean, we hear so much about that, like staying in the present and, and kids right now are not staying present and they're all disappearing into their computers, into their phones. It's so easy to do that, right? And that's a definite stir. Interesting. And then, I mean, the first thing I think of is, you know, stress eating and things like that. But I don't know if that's related. Oh, yeah. That's a definite stirb, too. So yeah. um, sometimes it's something specific, like eating something crunchy, right? Because it's like, I don't know, crunchy things are can be like more angry things, right? Like if you eat ice cream, it's soft and it's smooth and it goes down quickly. But crunchy, like, implies like you've got like something to work through. <laughs> You're not an actual therapist counselor when you get this training, right? Correct. So I'm a specialist in kind of an education program. And I, since I'm so new at this, I foresee that I would be working with therapists. So and with counselors, with specific people, and that we would be able to refer each other and that we would be working with the same kind of person. I mean, there are people that have been through therapy for years and years and years for their grief and then come to the grief recovery method and are able to unwind things. And it's, it's not that I'm saying that therapy is bad or anything like that, that this is just a different method and it's just a different way to help you look at your grief. And, you know, sometimes we need that sometimes doing things the way, you know, the same way over and over, as you know, that doesn't compute to all children. All children don't learn by you writing on a blackboard or on a whiteboard, whatever color board it is, Yeah, uh, you know, some children learn by listening, right? And some people learn by pictures. And so you've got to figure out different ways. I mean, I think that's me as a wedding planner, as a music teacher, as, you know, all those things. That was one of my skills that I took is that I really learned how to listen. And I really try to figure out the best way to communicate to my client, to the student, because everybody processed it differently. And I can see as a grief recovery method, specialists, that's the same thing. Some people are going to respond better to having PowerPoint slides if I do those. Some people will respond better if I talk to them. You know, so there's different ways to get to different people. And that's why grief is kind of this like monster in the closet. We don't really know what it looks like and it looks different to everybody. It's getting my mind going. So in this grief recovery method, what are you zooming in on right now? Zooming in. I feel like as specialists, everybody has a reason why they've come to the grief recovery method. 
my reason for coming to it wasn't necessarily because I experienced a loss of a parent or anything. Thank goodness it's not that. It was more because I was working as a Reiki person and a Reiki therapist, and I felt this calling that I needed to do something else. And somehow I found out about this grief recovery method, and I thought, wow, that is the piece that I want to fill in, and that's what I want to be able to help people with. And for me, that was key to be able to offer that piece. And then I saw immediately that my specialty would be with people in the military and also with children, because I've always had an affinity with children. I've always, you know, as a teacher, as even as an orchestra manager, that I feel like those are going to be my specialties, but that's going to kind of unwind itself as I delve into this a little bit more. And can you tell our listeners why, why the military? So my husband's in the Navy. We live right near Hanscom Air Force Base in Lexington, Massachusetts. And I, I feel like the military, I mean, they're protecting our country. And, you know, it's interesting up here in the Boston area, the military is not as strong a presence as if you go down into Washington, D.C. or areas that are, you know, close to a very strong base. But I feel like the military is forgotten. And these people go and serve our country and they come back and they're not always introduced the right way. I mean, my husband works in human resources for Comcast when he's not working for the military. And part of what he used to do was help the military assimilate back into the civilian world and help them with their skill set, you know, and find a job. And then we have a history in America of not really taking care of the neglected. And unfortunately, that happens with the military after they're finished with their service. Thank you. And you're off into the world. And there are resources for them. And I want to be able to offer another resource for military spouses, for the military that are coming back from deployment, you know, for children that are part of military families. And so for me, that's an important piece to be able to offer. That's very powerful. You'll be able to help a lot of people that way. I think so. I think, you know, people don't realize how many people they know in the military or what, you know, branch. I mean, there's I've learned myself because I didn't grow up in a military family or near a base, but it's fascinating how close knit that family is. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share about the grief recovery method before I go into a totally unrelated question? (laughs) (laughs) I think if you're listening to this and you're thinking, oh, I don't have grief. Everybody has had some form of grief, some form of change or loss, and it affects people on different levels. And that if you know somebody that is really grieving heavily right now, especially in this period of, you know, COVID, I would just say reach out and just listen and be, as we say in the grief recovery method, be a heart with ears, because I think we all need that right now. That's a beautiful way of putting it. I might steal that and use it with my kids. (laughs) (laughs) All right. On a very lighter note, what is your favorite movie and why? So I would say that my favorite movie that I would watch over and over and over is Moonstruck. (laughs) I know. I think because I'm a musician, I love the musical aspect. And I love that it has every kind of music. It has the kitschy, you know, Italian music. It has opera. You know, it just it encompasses everything. And I love New York City. And for me, especially now, because we're not traveling, I love just kind of watching the movie because New York City is really another character in that movie, isn't it? I mean, the Metropolitan Opera 
those crystal chandeliers. Like for me, I can remember being there. I was just there two years ago with one of my good friends and we saw Carmen and watching those chandeliers. And I was like, it's like Moonstruck. It's like we're in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Not really, but so for me, it's just, and I love the the comedy, the timing of it. I mean, you just get a little bit of everything in that movie. And the snap out of it is like the grief recovery method. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We would probably say it a little bit gentler. (laughs) Awesome. Donna, thank you so much for talking to me. How can people reach you if they want to learn more? That's a good question because my website's not up yet, but I can be found at my current website, which is The Perfect Details. That's with an S. So theperfectdetails.com. There's a contact page. You can definitely find me on there. And at some point I will have things updated and rerouted to the correct place. But for now, if you want to find me there, Uh, there's a lot of nice pictures of baking and weddings and fun things as well. So it's a good place to lose yourself. It's a beautiful site. And the, the, when I say you bake, you don't dabble. I mean, you do amazing. They look like professionally done. It's outrageous. (laughs) Oh, thank you. I'm a perfectionist if you can't tell. So, um, and for me, it's fun. It's, it's a lot of fun to be able to bake and to bring it to somebody and bring them some joy. Absolutely. Thank you again. You're welcome. Thanks, Melissa. If you enjoyed this episode and have not done so already, please hit the subscribe button for the Teacher As podcast so you can get future episodes. I would love for you to leave a review and a rating as well if you have time. For my blog, transcripts of this episode, and links to any resources mentioned, visit my website at www.theteacheras.com. You can reach me on Twitter and Instagram at Melissa B. Milner. And I hope you check out the Teacher As Facebook page for episode updates. I am sending a special thanks to Linda and Lester Fleischman, my mom and dad, for being so supportive. They are the voices you hear in the Zooming In soundbite. And my dad composed and performed the background music you are listening to right now. My intro music was Upbeat Party by Scott Holmes. So what are you Zooming In on? I would love to hear from you. My hope is that we all share what we are doing in the classroom in order to teach, remind, affirm, and inspire each other. Thanks for listening. And that's a wrap.